0: Hey friends, Mike Myers here with the Songwriting for Guitar podcast, episode number 45, Anthony Clint Jr. Let me ask you, are you a songwriter, a guitarist who's feeling stuck, unsure of what to do, overwhelmed by the options of what's out there? Which options should you be going for? What should you be saying yes? What should you be saying no to? How should you delegate your time? Are you feeling the weight of the creative world on your shoulders? There are those that think about it and there are those that take action and they get a coach. They get someone to look in on their process to help them ask the right questions, think about the goals they should be hitting and giving them a step-by-step process. Now, if you're listening to this and you're like, Mike, how do I know you're right for me? That's a totally reasonable question to ask. So that's why I want you to go to songwritingforguitar.com, click work with me and book a free 30 minute session. In that 30 minute session, I'm going to listen to some of the things that you want to do, ask you a few questions. We're going to write up a plan. So even at the end of that, if you're like, Mike, you're not right for me, you still have an itinerary of things that you can start taking action on. I think that's totally worth that 30 minutes instead of just sitting around and waiting for things to happen. But you got to take that first step. So what I want you to do is go to songrangforguitar.com, click work with me and sign up for your free 30 minute session. Now, my guest this week is my pal, Anthony Clint Jr. Now, Anthony is an awesome producer and music entrepreneur. I met him in Clubhouse. So Clubhouse was this app that came out during the pandemic. It was a great way to network, especially when networking things weren't happening. Now, where Clinton and I connected, we're both in music licensing in the production realm. He's worked on shows for E Entertainment, VH1, MTV, Netflix, TV One. He's worked with Grammy-nominated artists, uh, but his approach too is not just like holding the secrets himself, but actually empowering and training other producers to grab their hard drives and get, you know get the dust off them and start utilizing those songs that are already there to start making money. He is not just thinking of himself, but he. He's thinking about, no, past that. How can he help others achieve the things they want to do? Because he knows it's totally reasonable and they're totally capable of doing it. This is an awesome conversation. Him and I share a lot of similar views. So we're just going to get into it. Episode number 45, Anthony Clint Jr. Hey, Anthony, I am so pumped. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me, Mike, and uh, just excited to sit down and, and talk with you, man. Uh,
0: you know, we we could talk about sync-related things probably forever and always because that's kind of the world that both you and I are in on different areas. Right. Uh, but I want to get into some of your story and how you've created uh, a system a business you've built from the ground up, something that is not just like doing okay, but doing extremely well for yourself and how you've started to impact others lives by helping them realize the opportunities there. But, you know, I'd love to get into your backstory of how did you kind of start into that sync world and then eventually realizing like the opportunities.
1: Yeah. So I guess the journey, Getting into sync started when I was in college. Um, a buddy of mine had, had reached out to pretty much play keys because I'm, I'm a musician. Um, so piano, keyboards is kind of like my main instrument. So he reached out to lay keys on some of his TV and film stuff that he was working on. And that was kind of my first introduction to licensing and producing music for, you know, the purpose of TV, film and media. Um, so at the time, I didn't fully understand, you know, what he was doing. And then, you know, he kind of told me, like, yo, like, you should look into this. I think it's a great opportunity. At the time, I was just like, well, I'm trying to be the next dark child and, um, you know, all these other big producers and produce for all the big artists. Um, But over time, it kind of sunk in. And, you know, before I ended up graduating college, um, I I revisited the idea of, you know, sync licensing and um, just kind of took a deep dive and was just like, you know what, I want to see if I can really make this happen. Um, So spent some years just researching, learning, going to conferences, investing in different things um, to kind of learn and grow in that area. And at the time, my music just wasn't where it needed to be quality wise and production wise. But um, I learned a lot over those years. And eventually, I guess, fast forward to around uh, 2011, 2012, ended up signing in with a, a publisher who kind of, you know, they kind of focus on pitching for TV and film. And, um, you know, at that time, my production skills have been honed a little bit more. um, And then that ended up landing me my first TV placement on Fox Sports. It was like Thursday night football. So after that happened, that kind of really opened my eyes and was just like, yo, okay, it's possible. That was proof of concept for me. And then I set out on this journey to uh, what I call the road to 10 placements, which I wanted to land 10 more TV placements in a year. Um, so, you know, during that whole journey, I was just kind of documenting what I was doing and, um, yeah, just kind of taking it step by step and then sharing it on social media as well. And what ended up happening was like, people kept asking me questions about, you know, how I did it and, you know, what, what I was doing and they were just intrigued. And as a result, I was inspiring other producers to, to start doing the same. And it just kind of grew into this whole thing that honestly I had, it wasn't my intention. (laughs) And, um, as a result, man, like I kind of became one, one of the guys to, you know, to to listen to or, or to get advice from in regards to, you know, producing instrumentals for TV and film. And then it kind of became attached to my brand. And um, I just I kept going with it, man, and just taking it, taking it up another notch. And um, it just kind of grew from there, man. So that's where it all started for me as, as far as sync is concerned
0: there's so much good stuff in all of that like when you started on that road you said like my productions weren't there yet mm-hmm. what were some like things that really stuck out to you now with all the knowledge that you have you were like oh yeah. at the time i thought like oh this was fire and i have those same <laughs> moments i go back to things like 4 years ago and i was just like oh, this is awful it's just like this is all over the place because there's so much knowledge you acquire further down the road
1: right Yep. Um, For me, man, like a big thing was like I was producing what I wanted to produce at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I was real big on like Neo Soul and R&B and gospel and things like that. Um, But what I found was like, you know, the style of music that I was producing wasn't what was being requested often. So I kind of had to make that shift into, you know, I guess, serving, you know, the networks and, and the shows and the media and giving them um, what they needed and kind of adjusting my sound to, you know, what was the current sound during that that period. And um, and then in addition to that. It was just the, you know, the mix quality and things like that. And a major one for me was just the structure um, because I was, you know, producing full songs. I had elaborate bridges and, you know, <laughs> all these chords and transitions and melodies. And it was just overproduced, man. So I think once I uh, once I got a grasp on, you know, the type of structure that works for instrumentals and TV, um, that's when I've really seen an increase in placements and, and opportunities. Um, So those those are like three of the major things for me.
0: I agree with the, sometimes the overproduced, like, you know, you have this three minute song, you've got all these layers where you think you're trying to be clever and really Mm. artistic, but it's like, it's actually, you're being confusing and it's a little too crazy. And this doesn't work over the scene. Like you're not meant to be the star. You're meant to support what's happening. It was interesting. You said, you know, you were creating things that people weren't looking for. And I, Mm. do you feel that sometimes musicians producers Mm -hmm. are getting demoralized and frustrated because they think i don't have what it takes but the thing is they're just not asking the right question they're not thinking about like well what do they need Mm -hmm. as opposed to what i should be creating
1: yeah absolutely um i come across producers all the time where you know they're bumping their heads they keep hearing no and, and the doors keep closing And, you know, I mean, you know, from experience, a lot of times, you know, a music licensing company or a music suit, they don't necessarily have the time to really sit and break things down for you and tell you why and, you know, go into detail, but. What I find is, you know, usually it's just something that's just not needed or it's just not, you know, not trending um, at the moment. And that doesn't necessarily mean you, you know, you have to throw everything that you love to do or like your favorite genre out the window altogether. It's just, you know, sometimes you have to serve the client. You know, we're in a business to serve other people. So I feel like the faster you learn how to do that. Um, and you can still implement yourself, your, you know, your own production style into that. But the faster you can learn how to do that, I think the faster you can, you can start to see success and, and turn those no's into the
0: Would you say too, like, you know, musicians view business and creativity sometimes as two different things and they just mm. don't want to say, it. they feel like it's two different animals and like, oh no, 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 the business side is scary. It's just like, that's, or they go, oh, I just create and sometimes a little bit of that ignorance or just being unaware mm. is actually detrimental. And it's like they actually can work together.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely, dude. Like one thing I always say, man, it's like if, if you can be creative in music, like you can yeah. take that creativity, transfer it over into business, into marketing, you know, come up with creative ideas like it doesn't have to be this super professional polished you know marketing (laughs) campaign where you're speaking highly professional like be yourself you know what i mean like that's what helps us stand out as creatives um so i feel like you know producers are leaving a lot of opportunities on the floor by not learning the business and not learning you know branding and marketing and things like that because it goes hand in hand like any you know any successful company you see out there there's going to be a creative department, then there's going to be a marketing department. There's going to be, um, you know, a financial department. So you have to kind of learn those things, especially as as entrepreneurs in, in, in this age so that you can take advantage of, of all the opportunities that are out there.
0: I feel that's one thing that you're extremely good at, like your content that you post is mm-hmm. like. And that's how I kind of found you. It was like, I was scrolling on Instagram and it was just like, ah, oh, and I was like, I think it was, uh, you were the producer and you were recording and then, uh, you were the artist trying to sing and you were just like, <laughs> and you're like, did you get that take? And you're just yeah. like, uh, eh, let's I try that really again. <laughs> so, but to me, that's relatable. And it just seems like you were speaking something from experience and what you've experienced before mm. that was relatable content, but then it pointed to, oh, do you run into this? This is something you might be interested in. Yeah. Do you feel like sometimes people get overwhelmed with you know? As you said, there's a creative department, there's a marketing department, and a brand, and yeah. they're like, "Well, where do I start in my brand? Where do where do I find my place?"
1: Yeah, I think so, man. It's easy to get overwhelmed, especially if you're if you're good at a lot of different things or you have a lot of different ideas. Um, for me, I, I I like to focus on the thing that I see is is getting the most traction, right? Mm-hmm. So if you know if you go I don't know, say three months posting content consistently, right? And then you go look at your analytics dashboard and see what performed the best those past three months. Nine times out of ten, that's what people like from you. You know, the the post that got the most engagement, or the most mm-hmm. likes, or the most shares. Then that's a sign that you know you should create more content like that and then double down on it. Um, and that's what I've done, you know, throughout my career. You know, talking about music licensing, like that content did better than, you know, some of the other stuff that and and inspirational content. So I said, Okay, that's what they like. So that's what I'm going to give them more of. Um, So I say just focus on the thing that's that has that traction, um, and then double down on that. And then naturally, you know, other things will kind of grow from that.
0: I feel like what you've described when it came to the marketing and the licensing side is like, well, listen, you know, put some stuff out there, but then kind of then go back recalculate, look, and then judge like, what's the process? Like what's working, what's not working? It seems like there's moments where you have to pause. And I think sometimes creatives are not good at that. We're just like, go, 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 go. I just always, I'll just create more, create more, but it's okay to hit the pause button. Yeah. And like, okay, let's take a look at things and analyze what's working and what's not working. Exactly. Especially when you said, it's tough when you're good at a lot of things. How yeah. does someone know too that maybe they might be a producer? What are like the, what are the symptoms that you might be a producer?
1: <laughs> well, if you if you walk around the house beatboxing, making uh making random rhythms and and melodies and things, you might you might have have a bone to be a producer. Um, nah, man. <laughs> I mean, some people just you know to grow up around music and like me, like I grew up around music. I was around a bunch of musicians and singers and things like that. So. I was always on some instrument, Um, you know, so naturally I kind of picked it up. And then production, I picked up like around 15 years old uh, because I just like the whole, you know, pushing buttons and technology and things like that. But yeah, I don't know. I I just think it's, uh, you know, taking that time with yourself and just paying attention to, to what you gravitate towards. You know, if you like technology, you know, you like instruments or, you know, you just like Putting things together and you know structuring things like you or or even even if you're not the musician, you could be the the person that kind of uh, puts all the pieces together, brings in the musicians, brings in the singers, and just kind of put put everything together and be the visionary. You know, you may you may be a great producer.
0: I feel like producers are good at seeing the big picture. Like mm-hmm. they they hear things and they go, "This goes here. Oh, that's a great part, but that needs to go at the end. Yeah. Oh, we don't need this. This this needs to go away." at what point did you feel like i think i can produce
1: man i think the the first experience was Was just me, me and my mom, man, like fooling around at home, um, cause she could sing. So I was just like, "Yo, like sing some stuff in this computer," (laughs) and then I want to like see if I can turn it into a song. And then like during that process, I'm kind of directing her, no, like sing it this way, or okay, let's let's sing this, you know, let's do this. This it was a little flat, or it was a little pitchy, and it, you know, after doing that (laughs) so many times, I realized, yo, like I love this process of just creating something, putting something together. Um, and then from there, you know, I did it with, uh, with, uh, one of my best friends, he played sax. So we did an instrumental album and recorded it and, you know, mixed it and things like that. I just really enjoyed that process. So yeah, that's, that's kind of how it went for me.
0: That has to be brave. Mom, you're a little flat right now. I'm going to have to be smart <laughs> at tune on that. <laughs> yeah. like, that but
1: i think yeah i think i was a little hard on my mom but uh (laughs) yeah
0: but that is amazing because you have to love the process too you have to love those moments where it's like it seems to naturally flow in times where it just seems like you're pulling teeth but you still love it anyway because what's the other alternative working a job that is just like yeah it's okay but do you feel too as you created your own brand Mm that even in those ups and downs that you realize like, this is what I want because if I'm not using my energy to this, I'm using my energy for someone else, like somebody else's business, somebody else's brand. I might as well build up myself. Sometimes people think that getting the paycheck from someone else is great, but it's like, yeah, but that's not always going to be there. It's like, so when you start to build something yourself long-term, like that's one of the best
1: things you can do. It is. It really is. And that was something that was something I struggled with, you know, even while I was you know, still had my day job. It mm-hmm. was just like I felt like I wasn't using all of the the skills and gifts that I have, you know, because it's, you know, you go to a job, you have to pick, you know, which position do you want? Which department are you working yeah. working in when, you know, me, I, I kind of like marketing and I'll snoop over in the sales department and hear what they're talking about because they got some cool stuff going on too but you know in that in that environment like it's not normal to bounce around from division to division or whatever so i just felt like i wasn't you know i wasn't being used in my full capacity and i knew that you know i'm able to help way more people with my brand and, and what i do um, versus, you know, the select few people that that I may be helping, you know, on on the day job, wherever that is. So, yeah, I think it's super important to to, to build your brand, even if you're doing both at the same time, you have to if you're going to invest, you know, eight plus hours into helping someone build their vision, um, then you owe it to yourself to, to go back home and, and put some hours in to, to build yours up as well.
0: And would you say that's how it kind of formed as you were working for someone else? You came to that realization of just like, I'm helping someone else.
1: I kind of already knew, like just going into it, (laughs) you know what I mean? Because it was just like, I know ultimately like this isn't where I want to end up, you know what I mean? So it's just like, I have to do whatever I have to do um, to make sure I'm good, make sure my family's good. But at the same time, I know what the end result is and to, to keep working towards that.
0: And that's another thing that I feel if someone's listening, you, you post this too. And I feel you're so good at the balance between funny, technical, helpful, but also your family. How do you navigate if someone's listening and like, this all sounds great. I'd love to do this, but I have a family. How do, yeah. how do I approach juggling a schedule like, and actually make this work? It seems impossible.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I believe family comes first always. Yeah. Right. So you, you want to make sure your family's good. And then, you know, communication, figuring out, you know, what works schedule wise with everybody. You know what I mean? Is it is it when everybody goes to sleep? Is that your time to to lock in and focus? Um, you know, is it waking up an hour or two hours early before everybody's up um, and, and before the day starts? You know, so there's going to be some level of sacrifice. You know, just just juggling both like there's no it's no super easy, <laughs> easy way <laughs> yeah. to to balance all of that, man. And honestly, sometimes it gets out of balance, man. There's, there's never a point where it's just like perfectly balanced, like sometimes, oh, family needs more attention. Then sometimes yeah. it's just like, OK, I got a bunch of deadlines, so I'm working on business stuff more. So it's just like, yo, it's just recalibrating time after time. And I'm um, just figuring out what works for the family, communicating you know what's needed making sure everyone is is getting the time that they need and and just doing doing your best possible and just even if it's a small incremental step every day you know that's a a, a step closer to the end goal
0: I agree with the incremental step I think sometimes people they have these goals and they sometimes go a little too fast and like a large mountain they get burned out
1: mm, and yep. then they
0: stop and then yep. they try to pick up, but you notice the ones that stay at it are making intentional, consistent time, however small it may be. It yep. may be like, I only got half an hour. Cool. If you've got four days that you can do a half an hour, and you could do that for a year, yeah, that's awesome. I think it was John Grisham. He was like, I was reading um, about how he was like, he wanted to write a book, but he worked mm-hmm. for a law firm. And he was like, well, there's 365 days in a year. I could write a page every day. So it's like, I'll, I'll try that and try to work on it. And it took him two years. He yeah. submitted it, and they were like, no. And he was like, okay, well, I'll just write another book. And he just say that. And then that one got picked up. And then the other one that they rejected, they were like, oh, I will sign that. And then that became the Wow, It feels like it's got to be intentional. It, like, you know, everything that you've mentioned so far in your story, like, you know i want to do this yeah i had this job but i knew this wasn't where i was going to be Mm -hmm. it seems like even if the vision isn't always completely clear you knew there was something else that you just had to stay with it if you just stayed with it and allowed it to evolve and learn along the way you mentioned networking um what would you say for uh, definitely producers too that are looking for that realm of like okay networking we're in lockdown where do i go like you know and sometimes it's like the internet is full of great ideas and, and great communities to start connecting with.
1: Yeah, dude. Like um, the internet, <laughs> So you got Instagram, YouTube. I mean, like there's so many conferences like ASCAP BMI, they mm-hmm. throw things. Um, I'm a member of a Production Music Association. They have events and webinars and things like that. And, um, and then within those, they kind of have breakout rooms. So yeah, there, there's plenty of opportunities. You just have to know I guess having that clarity, knowing like what you're trying to do number 1, mm-hmm. and then once you know that, then start searching for those events, for those organizations that are, you know, involved in what what you're trying to do. Um and I think that's a great way, a great way to to network.
0: You've now built up a company, a brand, you know, yeah. you're you're doing this consistently. What is your daily schedule like? Do you have goal, you know, weekly kind of monthly goals this is what you're trying to hit and you know as when we got on the call you were like hey i had you know something came in today too so it's like with sync there's those moments where it's pre-planned and then suddenly you're like okay halt everything i yeah. just got this one and i have to do it
1: yeah yeah absolutely man so i kind of break things up by days mm-hmm. um, so monday through wednesday are kind of like my production days where i'm just focused on creating music and stuff for the for the briefs and projects and loop packs and all that stuff and then thursday is more so focused on content. So, you know, just sitting down, coming up with content ideas, recording videos, um, just all content stuff. Um, May have an interview or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then Fridays are more so kind of admin. So it may be finishing up some content as well as just, you know, some of the business accounting stuff, dealing with receipts and all that boring (laughs) stuff. Um, So that's how I kind of break it up. And then, you know, of course, when those briefs come in, things may shift a little bit just depending on what's going on may have to say no to some things just depending on what's going on um but yeah and and then i have you know weekly goals um you know weekly sales goals and monthly goals and things like that just to you know just trying to gauge if if i'm on track Mm -hmm. and um you know hitting what i'm trying to hit and just keep me um focused so yeah that's usually how i how i set it up
0: i i love what you said in there like what i should say no to when did you realize were you always a person that was really good at that or was it like i was terrible at that i was saying (laughs) yes to everything and then suddenly i was just feeling so stressed and then i was having to (laughs) cancel things because i was just like the burden of hyperventilating because i was worried it was a missed opportunity but then i realized oh no i need to start saying no or my girlfriend looked at me and was like you have to start saying no
1: yeah no man i I had to learn that and it's tough um because you know, sometimes you don't want to disappoint people or like you said, you think it's a great opportunity. You want to say yes to everything. But yeah, I I, I had the same feeling as you, man. I started feeling overwhelmed, stressed out, like I got this, this, this and that. So I kind of took a step back and was just like, OK, what like what do I absolutely have to do? What can I delegate? What can I automate? And um, what's not pushing me towards like the goals that I have this year? Yeah. Right. And that makes it easier to say no, because if it doesn't allow, if it doesn't align with the goals that I have, um, then it's a waste of time. Um, And then once, you know, once I started saying no, man, and just shaving off a bunch of extra stuff. Yeah. Like the the business started to grow more. And it's crazy because you think, oh, if you say no to opportunities, you're going to miss out on this and that. But it had the opposite effect, man. It actually made me more productive. I'm able to. To, to give certain things like a hundred percent now because I'm not being stretched all over the place. Um, so yeah, that was a game changer for me.
0: Yeah, it, it's interesting too, the things that are good. You can still say no to good things. Yeah, I think some people think, oh, did you say no to all the shady stuff? It was like, no, they were great things, but it just <laughs> like, you know, it's like if you get a brief and you look at the brief and it's like, you know, Irish folk pop, and it's like, that's awesome. That's not me. I I know there's one person right now that's like, yes, this is my moment. But that's not meant for me, and it's okay. Yeah. Um, do you have time set aside too? I know with family stuff that this is a day where it's just like, no, not available. This is an X.
1: Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Saturdays and Sundays for sure. Those are kind of like the the two days where we try and focus on family. Occasionally, you know, if something something comes up or whatever um me and the wife will will communicate you know hey like this is this is something needed super duper quick you know is it are we good to do this or what what do we have going on we'll just communicate that but we try and reserve those those two days like just for family like if you notice like i literally go ghost from instagram (laughs) and stuff like on saturday and sunday like nobody hears from clint on those two days like i may post a story or something but yeah man i try and uh Know and I think it's good, man, just the the reset because it's so it's so much content, man. So um I think it I think it helps a lot.
0: I it and it must be good to just put things down because sometimes our brains can just be going at full speed to just have a day where it's like, okay, we can stop. Don't worry about like what's happening on this, just stop.
1: Yeah, Yeah. And then when you
0: get back into it, like to start up your week you're fresh and you're not necessarily worn down by just doing the same thing over and over and over again.
1: Yep. Yeah. I Uh, agree.
0: Like, so you've got, you know, with your brand, you're doing production, you're doing licensing, you've got sample packs, you're mentoring others. What is probably right now at the top of your favorite thing to do?
1: Dude, it's helping other producers, man. Cause like because, I mean, it's cool to, you know, the build stuff, get the placements, mm-hmm. things like that. But that only it only benefits me and my family. Um, yeah. But it's just like when you can take it a step further and go even deeper and, and know that you're affecting other people's lives and other people's families and educating, you know, people in, in a market who just hasn't been educated on certain things as far as business, branding, marketing, um, music licensing and things like that. It just has, it has a bigger impact. I feel like, and that's, it's, Honestly, I get more excited hearing about someone that has, you know, gotten my course or that I've done a consultation with winning than, you know, hearing about my own placements. It's just like, OK, I I see those. But it's just like, man, to hear somebody else, you know, yeah. make a dream a reality, because I know what that felt like, you know, wanting to hear my music on, um you know, on a, a TV show or something like that or a movie. Man, I know what that felt like. So to to have someone else experience that, man, is, is a dope feeling. I feel
0: that's the thing that you probably also post the most. It's just other people posting about their wins. And I feel the best coaches, the best instructors are not only doing the thing, Mm -hmm. but they're making the process accessible and understandable for others so they can implement it. Like the real ones that know like opportunities are free flowing are not like guarding them. (laughs) For some people, like when you ask like, hey, what's your process? Why? And, and it's just telling... like, I just wanted to know. It's just like, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I didn't want to. But the ones that know that opportunities are always consistent, that it's it's readily available, yeah, it's are happy to share and talk yeah. about the process.
1: Yeah, absolutely, dude. There's, there's plenty plenty to go around, man.
0: And have you encountered people that maybe they've you know, they hold their secrets close to their chest. And when it's just like, Hey, what's up? And then they're just like, no. And then you notice other bits of their lives that they're also like, no. And you realize that's just them in general.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, man. And as I I see it as, as a scarcity mindset, man, it's just like, I'm holding on to, you know, these little nuggets that I have, but I feel like if you have to do that, um, you know, if you're scared to show or, or share what, you know, then you, you probably don't know enough. You know what I mean? Um, so be willing to give it away, man, or or go learn some more so you can give some some of the stuff you already know away. <laughs> Stop, Stop holding on to it, man, because you can't take it with you, you know, when you leave this earth. So share it, man. Give it back to, to the next generation or the next producer and um, and just keep it going, man
0: dude, that is so good. That is just like, that's like teary eyed. That's just that. That's, that's perfect. So if people want to know more about you, follow you, where can they find everything Clint?
1: Everything. Yeah. Everything Clint, man. Uh, you can hit me up at clintproductions.com. I'm on Instagram at Clint music and, um, yeah, man, those, and then YouTube Clint music as well. Those are the, the top places I'm hanging out, man. So come through, hang out with me and, and, and just be a part of the community.
0: You've got so many amazing courses and you've got so many awesome sample packs, things that are just readily available for producers that are looking to go to that next level. You've made available for them and I love it, dude. Thank Thank you so much for being here.
1: Absolutely, man. I appreciate you for having me.
0: And that does it for this week's episode. If you've been listening to the Song Rang for Guitar podcast, you've been enjoying it, but you haven't written us a review on Apple Podcasts, if you could just take a pause, head on over there right now and write us a five-star review. Talk about your favorite episode because, believe me, reviews matter for podcasts. It's hard to believe, but it actually helps bring notoriety to the podcast. We can keep on bringing amazing guests. And somebody may read your review and go, I've never listened to this i gotta check it out so head on over to apple Podcasts, write an amazing review believe me i read each one of them and i'm so appreciative so i thank you in advance and thanks for continuing to listen to the songwriting for guitar podcast i enjoy this and look forward to keep on bringing you valuable content this episode was edited and produced by Chris Fafalius. i'm mike myers thanks for listening